Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hope you're having a great week. Thank you for spending part of it with us here on Rams All Access. With DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long, and the Rams are hunting a three-game winning streak this Sunday at SoFi Stadium as they play host to the Cleveland Browns, who are reeling in lots of different ways, but especially their quarterback position. DeMarco, good to see you, bud. What's happening, man? Here we are turning the calendar to December. Thanksgiving is behind us. What's on your mind for the Los Angeles Rams? Would you rather be undefeated at this point? Would you rather be like at the top of the charts on everybody's radar? You would? Absolutely. I kind of like this right here in the hunt. I kind of like this at five and six, and everybody. some people are counting you out. There is an element of the playoffs have already started for the Rams. Yeah. And so you get in the playoffs, it's a single elimination format. It often goes by in a blink. We've experienced that too. True. But when you get to play playoff football for like a month or two months, that's actually really good stuff. Now you know, see, that's where I'm at. This is fun. Everything has a heightened intensity about it. Cleveland's coming in. Great defense. If you get past them, you're six and six, and you know people start talking nice about you in the media and lo and behold i was watching that denver game did you know denver has rattled off five in a row they've been good in the world they've been good their schedule has not yeah so good for them unbelievable right but the jury's still out and i don't know that i'm buying their playoff surge but that's personally but five in a row we talked about if the rams are going to make the playoffs you're going to need some sort of streak to start and you get one you get two and you're going for three but it's going to have to be a denver-like streak like five in a row or four and one to get into the postseason and so that's exactly what you want this time of year. Well, those back-to-back victories against the division foes were obviously huge. They were must-gets, and the Rams, to their credit, got them. Do they play Seattle better than anybody? Sure. Do they play Arizona better than anybody? Yes. Sure. But you don't have to apologize for sweeping a division opponent. The Rams have done it to two of them now. They have four wins in the NFC West. They have zero wins in the AFC North, and now that's the challenge moving forward. Can you beat either the Ravens or the Browns, or ideally both? No doubt. Arizona, look, I'm sorry, we just got the biggest dog on the block, and your quarterback is afraid of Aaron Donald. And Seattle the same way. He just continues to wreck everything. So that's the benefit to having him. And what a fun time in Arizona for the Rams fans that were there. That was awesome. It is a home away from home, not in just how the Rams play there and how they treat it, but how the Rams fans travel to Glendale. You're right. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, there were a lot. I mean, a lot of Rams fans, and they were treated to one of the best offensive performances we've seen in a long time. And, you know, it was nice to shut those people up in Arizona. It was just it was just a great feeling. So I heard this game this weekend is a near sellout. So it's going to be loud. It's going to be raucous. I think the players have earned that. Um, and I think the team has played to that. So, look, come here and help the team. Energy is important. Energy is going to be important to be in Cleveland, you need that same sort of energy here in SoFi. 
He's DeMarco Farr. I'm JB Long. Coming up on this edition of Rams All Access, we'll take a look at Kyron Williams' breakout day against the Cardinals. He is the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, We'll talk about Matthew Stafford's four-touchdown performance. We'll talk about how the defense has grown up and grown into their roles and has a real opportunity to finish this season as one of the more productive units in the National Football League. Who would have thunk it considering what Raheem Morris was asked to do this year, which is... Aaron Donald, and figure out the other team. And everyone else, yeah. Credit to their coaching staff. They work so hard. They really – Raheem Morris is an excellent leader. Uh, I love listening to him coach his guys, the halftime adjustments. Hendo, Eric Henderson, we love him. I mean, the work he's done. Uh, Aubrey Pleasant coming back. I mean, just the work they've done as a staff with this young group has been exemplary. And now the challenge this week is a little bit still to be determined. Miles Garrett is a Defensive Player of the Year candidate on the edge for the Cleveland Browns. He was hurt last week. His shoulder had to like have assistance to even put his shirt on in the postgame locker room, but is trending towards playing. As for the quarterback position, it's interesting that the Browns are practicing in Westwood at UCLA this week, but so far practicing without Dorian Thompson-Robinson, former UCLA quarterback and record-setting Bruin, because he's still in the concussion protocol. That means that Joe Flacco is on the practice squad, but trending towards being the starter because if you were comfortable with P.J. Walker making this start, you wouldn't have signed Flacco off his couch in the first place, right? No doubt. I, I was I was hoping you were going to say that they're practicing at UCLA and we're going to get to see the video, some Spygate stuff from Maurice. Doesn't he have juice there? Uh, that's true. I'm, I'm calling basketball there tonight. I could just casually wander through at the wrong time and see what I see. There you go. You know but don't link it to structure. the head coach. That you know They, they may <laughs> harball our coach. Let's not do that. But yeah, go ahead and video some stuff. But yeah, I mean, I would expect it's going to be Joe Flacco. Uh, they haven't taken DTR off or out of the concussion protocol. And it was a heck of a shot he took. So uh, I'd be surprised if he actually came back and played. So, yeah, you'd have to think you're going to see Joe Flacco on game day. Before we get to the Browns, DeMarco, let me clean up Arizona and get your takeaways. Yeah. We realize that they are not a contender um, and that beating the Cardinals is not going to get you to where you're trying to go. But it was a necessary step towards growing. It was the best offensive day of the season for the Rams. And so what plays moving forward into December based on what they put on film last Sunday? And I'm glad. That's weird. You look at the standings, right? It, the Rams are 5-6, and six, but 4-1 and one in the division. Yep. That's just weird. And San Francisco is the only team with more wins, or we're tied with wins for them. That's, yeah. that's just weird how Most it goes. Most division wins since 2018 for the Rams when they swept the NFC West. It's, it's incredible. Who would, who would have given them that chance this year? Nobody. Absolutely no one outside of the guys in this room. Yeah, it's, it's amazing what they've been able to do, and it's all going gone according to plan outside of Puka Nakua. We thought that would be Cooper Cup, but either way, it's still working. The offense is still working, but... Yeah, I mean, look, your best offensive day coincided with one of their worst defensive days in Arizona. So it was you and it was them at the same time. Defensively speaking, I mean, you you did not allow Kyler Murray to ruin the football game. You kept him in the pocket and you made him play from the worst spots uh, available. And you just took it to him. Special teams was clean. So that's why I said this, and I tried to say this to Sean McVay on the, on the coach's show. That could have been anybody. As long as you play that way, when you play that efficiently and you're playing that complementary football and you're balanced on offense and you're getting after it on defense, it does not matter who the opponent is. That is going to be a game that you have a chance to win or run away with. So let's hope that carries over to this weekend. Not that it matters, but it should have been more than 37 points. Yeah. 
made extra point here, made field goal here. You don't throw an interception going into the half there. Like Yeah. Not necessarily 70, but more than 30, 37, right? Yeah, it, no doubt. Yeah. It was an even more dynamic, near-perfect day offensively than I think the score would reflect, and that's okay because I think the Rams are building toward their best still. Um, and they got to figure out this third phase too. Like I wasn't planning on going here this early in the show, but if there is something that keeps me up at night, it's the kicking game. I mean, you, you give up, what, um, a two-point conversion because you were misaligned. You miss a field goal and an extra point. You give up a fake punt conversion. Like it's, I'm glad they got that out of their system against the Cardinals in a game that it felt like we knew they were going to win. You make that mistake this weekend, and the Browns will beat you. And it's that's AFC North ball is, is being special on special teams. I'm with you. That fake punt turned out to be a net of nothing, right? They went backward. They went that. backwards. Credit to the defense. But, yeah, they still hit it on you. So against a better football team, that could cause problems. I'm right there with you. But I like – I, I like the place kicker. I do. Uh, I said this, and I'll stand by it. I love his swag. I, I'm rooting for him to be better because this is the exact type of place kicker you want on your football team. He fits in with this group. I don't disagree with that. I think Haversick has the juice. But let me just play this out for you. Say you get to 6-6. Six and six. You beat the Browns. You've won three in a row. You're going to Baltimore. You're going to be playing outside, maybe in some foul weather, natural grass surface. You're really playing for something now. Right. Going into week 14 except for the fact that your kicker just did X, Y, or Z, and he's, he's even on dicier footing. I'm right there with I, you. I'm yeah. at the point where it feels like Lucas is kind of down to his last missed kick for me. Okay, fair enough. Not that he's not going to be a pro and that he hasn't shown me enough that he could be the Rams kicker or someone's kicker in this league for many years to come, but I might be at the point where I need something more trusted, more veteran, for this final month of the season because now we're really playing for some high stakes. Oh, I, I, I put him in the Eddie Haskell role. You're, you're, you're great, but you're starting to annoy me. And if, if you, I'm with you. You're down to your last missed kick, uh, and you've got to do your job, put it through the upright. But, you know, you hope it doesn't come down to a situation like that. But more often than not, especially against the teams you're about to play, it might. So you can't let your team down. You've got to do your job. You've got to, you've got to make your kicks. I think this is the Rams all-access first, place kicking, making it into the first <laughs> of our show. What I really meant to talk about was the playoff picture and, and the game ongoing between the uh, Seattle Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys is one of the most important ones um, of this Week 13 slate. And we foreshadowed this uh, coming out of the bye. You know, I made a, a big deal about the fact that I thought the Seahawks were set up to have whatever the opposite of success is. But it had to start with the Rams beating Geno Smith and Seattle here at SoFi Stadium, and they did. And now all of a sudden, it very much looks like the Rams can not only jump the Seahawks, but maybe the Vikings too, after the Vikings coughed up Monday Night Football with four Dobbs interceptions. Conversely, I think the Packers are probably getting in. I think the Packers with the head-to-head victory over the Rams, even with a home game against the Chiefs, their remaining schedule sets up such that I think Matt LaFleur and the Packers are going to thank the Rams for sparking a playoff push again. You know, it's all setting up. I mean, you've got your opportunity. Seattle's got their own issues. Who knows? At the end of the year, it may be Drew Locke's game up in Seattle. We, we don't know there. 
And Minnesota's hard to figure because, I mean, that was just one game. He just got there. You expected that. But uh, there's a reason they were in the hunt, and, and they're still in the hunt with him. So we'll see what happens. But you have to take care of your own business. So first and foremost, you got to beat Cleveland, and you got to beat them here. And it's not going to be easy. And especially if Miles Garrett is playing this football game, he's a guy that could ruin everything with one good pass rush. So you've got to be careful, but you've got to take care of your own business if you're the Rams. Here is the head coach of your Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay, with his high-level survey of the challenge this week as the Rams look to make it three straight. All three levels, you know, um, Coach Schwartz does an excellent job. He's always, uh, you know, been a guy that I have a lot of respect for from going against him, um, whether it was when I was back in Washington or, you know, even in our early parts um, of when we first got here. It seemed like we played Philly almost every single year when he was a D coordinator and uh, does a great job. But they've got great players on all three levels of the defense. They do an excellent job of really attacking you. And um, and then there's enough mixers and, and, you know, putting guys in the right spots. But, you know, you're, you're seeing why they uh the numbers are what they are because uh you know they're as good as advertised don't want to get caught looking ahead don't want to take too much for granted but i think there's a case to be made that if mcveigh gets the rams to where they're trying to go this season what are you going to say please don't say it go ahead it's been his best coaching job since 2017 okay. when he took over a four-win franchise and made them a division champion see uh, you know you may be right i thought you were going to say coach of the year I, you know, to That's, be honest, yeah. I'm not ruling that out. I think he would deserve to be on the short list, but I haven't done a deep enough survey of who the other candidates are. Okay. See, I was going to say last year, even though you only netted five wins, I mean, if you, if people really knew what was going on and the, the trials and tribulations coming off a of Super Bowl, even to make it through that season was a, was a masterful coaching job. But this has been spectacular because of who the who's are. I mean, you, you've basically raised a Puka Nakua. You, you've got a Byron Young that's showing up. You've got some young guys. Kobe Turner's on the rise. So all these young stars or young studs are turning into young stars. So you might be right. This could be his best coaching job of the year or be- of, of his career. Because of the rookies they've hit on. Yeah. Because of the free agent signings, the future looks bright. Like if you're planning for, okay, can the Rams get back into contention in 25 or maybe even 24 in the best case scenario, I think that rebuild has been accelerated. I think they're way ahead of schedule. And I'm to the point where – I don't know what's going to happen in the NFC picture. I don't know what's going to happen in the postseason. None of us do. But you got to be in it to win it, and it sure would be a shame if you're not in it. Because this time next year, there is no guarantee. In fact, the odds might be against having a healthy Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and fill in the blank, right? Like, right. It takes a lot of really good block stacking to even get to this moment right here in 2023. So are you complete enough to go win a Super Bowl this year? I don't know. Maybe not. But don't wait for next year to build a bigger, better roster and hope to be teed up for this chance, which you've played, what, 11 games to earn Yeah, right here and now? Right here and now. I'm fired up, JB. Let's go. All right, coming back, we'll hear from the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, Kyron Williams. We'll hear from Matthew Stafford. We'll go inside opponent's territory for four-down territory and get the latest on the Browns, see if we can get someone to tip their hand about whether Garrett will play, whether Flacco will start. And don't forget our playoff eliminator contest to finish out this edition, Week 13, Rams All Access on 710 ESPN.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I would expect nothing less, you know. Um, we're in the NFL, we got great coaches. They obviously know um, what the game plan, who to scheme against, and we got great players on offense. So, yeah, it's not going to be just me that they scheme against, scheme against, but we got other threats as well as the, um, the receiver options, which allows me to be able to, you know, probably get less attention. But, you know, I still, I'm excited for whatever is to come. And I hope they, they play man and they do what they got to do. Rams running back Kyron Williams coming off back to back prolific performances against the Arizona Cardinals. Unfortunately, they were separated by five weeks and four games because he was on injured reserve healing up an ankle between those games but DeMarco I know you and I feel his play energy it's something that the Rams have talked a lot about Um, he's a difference maker even if the circumstances around him and I'm talking play caller quarterback system offensive line receivers who block even if that's all really favorable he too deserves his share of the credit oh yeah super intelligent running back love the way he sets up his blocks i mean he will tuck himself he will hide behind those guards those tackles and force that defender to go through a block to come get him and then he pops out one side or the other and away he goes uh so i think he is quickly quickly establishing himself as a problem to a defense now at some point you're going to have to respect him and truly honor him and drop that eighth guy and see if you can stop him we're not going to let Kyler, uh, Kyron Williams beat us uh, on, on, on game day. But you still have Matthew Stafford back there. I still think he is public enemy number one. That's so, my, that's my yeah. question to you. Yeah. Like, how can you commit eight to the run? You can't. If Tutu Atwell, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua are on the field and Matthew Stafford is behind center. You, I don't think you can because I don't think you have the corners or the horses to keep up with this collection of route runners. 2-2 can beat anybody over the top. He's got elite speed. Cooper Cup is a problem one-on-one. Puka Nakua is turning into a problem one-on-one, and there are even bigger problems after the catch. So I don't think you have the horses to keep up with those guys uh, in, in man coverage. Now, if you're playing a team like Miami, might be different. Just man up and let's see what happens. Yep. And then get out and stop the run and force Matthew Stafford to beat you that way. But the teams you're facing, the teams that are coming up, especially the teams outside of San Francisco in this division, uh, a light box with this offensive line, Kyron Williams is going to eat you alive. And that's exactly what's been happening. You know, I just love the way that they've retooled their personnel and their system. And what I mean by that is name a better guard combination in the league right now than Steve Avila and Kevin Dotson. No, right up there with the best. Yeah. I mean, they're playing phenomenally and they're built different. They're, they are a different body type than we've seen in the Sean McVay era Rams and they've stitched that together now with a a running schematic Ryan Wendell doing a great job with the offensive line Matthew Stafford who likes to play pocket football more than you know run bootleg in two directions and Kyron Williams combined with I don't want to leave Royce Freeman out and I'm also overreacting to Arizona which I shouldn't do because there's no more Arizona left on this schedule 
But man, if it didn't click into place in so many different respects, run, pass, and screen game for me, I was just really, really enamored with what they did, what they put on film last week. Absolutely. Uh, Royce Freeman almost ended Buda Baker. He really did. And Buda Baker's a guy that brings it on every single play, and he flat ran him over. So that is a badge of honor. Uh, Kevin Dotson, don't they call him KDOT? KDOT. Okay, so I saw the family on the sideline, right? This is what makes me happy about when I see a big dude like him because there's more big dudes in his family. I don't think he's the biggest guy in his family, which means you are naturally just that big. You are a caveman. I love you. Steve Avila, uh, he's doing it right. So you spend four years in college going to class, doing football, and you're broke. Now all he does is go to practice, knock people down, go home and play video games all day <laughs> and, and eat in between. I love this. This is like a great guard combo. They're having a blast. And to a man, they all respect their quarterback. They know what their job is. They do not want to be the guy that gets Matthew Stafford hit. And they do know this. If I can hold you up for two, three, four seconds, when, it, when he lets it go, nine times out of ten is going to be something big. And they love to run block, no matter who's back there. So, yeah, guard to guard, even tackle to tackle. This is a really good offensive line that's coming together right now. But, again, the challenge gets more difficult, and it gets uh, much different looking. And whether or not Ward plays at corner or Garrett plays on the edge for Cleveland, this is deservedly one of, if not the best, passing defenses in the National Football League and one of the top defenses in the world and so Matthew Stafford I think understands that what they did last week will have no bearing on what happens this Sunday at SoFi Stadium. You know I think they do a really nice job with their scheme obviously I'm familiar with their coach on the defensive side of the ball Um, you know he's one of the best if not the best you know kind of mind out there in defense um, and couple that with some guys that can get after the passer uh, up front in their front four and some guys that can cover on the back end so they do a really nice job um, you know really all phases uh, on defense make it you know an uncomfortable day for the quarterback both in what they're given to you look wise and also just the challenges they present personnel wise as well. Interesting connection of course between Stafford and Jim Schwartz defensive coordinator of these Cleveland Browns they go way back uh, but Stafford I thought played great and he just distributed. He played point guard, right? Yeah. When Matthew Stafford isn't asked to play hero ball, when he's asked to facilitate, to play within the timing and the rhythm, to use all of his different arm slots and angles and windows, he, he really is, I think, playing at a Pro Bowl level. And when you go down the schedule, other than Lamar, maybe Brock Purdy can have this conversation, but the final six games, if he's upright, the Rams have every reason to believe they can win four or five or maybe even all six of these. Worst case, it's even game day between the quarterbacks. I, I, I'm with you. I think you have the advantage quarterback-wise, no doubt. The watching him play versus Arizona, you ever play pickup football against, like, grade schoolers? You know what I mean? Like, guys that can't hurt you? Do my uh, seven- and three-year-olds count? Just having fun. But every now and then, they, 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 they will get you in trouble. You have to run for your life a little bit. But that's what it looked like. That he was never under any duress, and when they did get pressure, he found a way out. So I thought that was impressive. I thought that was great uh, w- watching it happen in Arizona. I thought that was great practice for what's going to happen next week. You're going to have to buy time in the pocket. Not necessarily to run, but you may have to protect yourself, get off to the bench. But if you can just find some open windows to throw into, your guys will get open at some point. Do you remember a month ago when we were – in this same position preparing to host the Pittsburgh Steelers and you and I both like we're thinking along parallel tracks we're like you know what this game reminds us of week three Monday Night Football in Cincinnati yeah how come because it's another AFC North opponent (laughs) it's another one of those type of games where it's going to be 
physical. It's going to be nasty. It, it's it's going to be who makes the first mistake first and who has the ball last. They're having trouble offensively. They This will be their fourth quarterback when Flacco takes their start. So oh, you're talking about the Browns now, too. That's exactly oh, where I was going. Yeah, with. I'm sorry. That, so, no, no, that's it. Yeah, Keep they're going. trying to figure out what's going on offensively, and they're really stout on defense. So same thing applies. If you get up a touchdown, if you get up 10 points, that might be enough. But you've got to make it stand up. And the only thing that can hurt you is you. Turning the ball over, penalties, messing up drives, not making your kicks, not finishing drives. That's the only thing, in my opinion, that can hurt you outside of what they bring on defense. When Kenny Pickett and the Steelers were coming here, I think I even asked you, like, how many points do you feel like you need to get to win this game? Not as many as if you're going up against the Eagles. Get in the 20s, or, yeah. Or, or the 49ers, right? Yeah. And, and here again, you know, our friend Maurice Jones-Drew likes to talk about how the divisions and the conferences play different styles of football. And I always kind of roll my eyes at that. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, there's only 32 teams on the entire planet. They all play by the same draft and salary cap rules. No one's going to pick this player over that player because of what's going on in their division. Except, you know what? A lot of times he's kind of right because Aaron Donald changes the temperature of the entire NFC West. And, and these AFC North teams... Man, I'll, I'll be darned if it's not three games in a row now where you almost have to play the exact same style to beat the Bengals without Joe Burrow being healthy, to beat the Steelers with Kenny Pickett being unproductive, and now to take on the Browns, who can drag you into the deep waters, but they're going to be starting their fourth different quarterback potentially this week. Oh, no doubt. Well, the AFC North, Maurice said it, and I never even thought of it until he said it. All four teams are outdoors, so they're playing this similar style of football, right? And their fan bases are ultra-invested in the program. So this is what they talk about year-round. So it's different in those environments. So whoever you draft there, you get an instant bath in what it's like to be a Raven, what it's like to be a Brown, what it's like to be a Steeler, definitely. And you bring that mentality to the field. They will teach you and tell you, we drafted you. We only drafted the, the toughest players because only the toughest players can be Steelers. And that's the mentality they have. So that AFC North stuff is real. You're going to have to be more physical than them on game day. But just being physical is half the game. Uh, look, you, you need points to win. And I agree with you. And I think this is a game, if you get into the 20s, you'll have a great chance to beat Cleveland. I don't think they can score 20 points on offense because of what's happening in the quarterback. So get there. Let's see what happens. Run the football effectively. Play good defense. You'll probably win this football game. Uh, every, so, every so often I'll be reminded just how interconnected this sport is and why we love it so much. And it's not just all 11 needing to play their roles. That's true. But also all three phases and how they stitch together. A couple examples. When Kyron Williams and the Rams running game are doing what they're doing, doesn't it look like Sean McVay is a, a better play caller? Like all of a sudden he's in all corners of his play sheet. Run, pass, screen. It's beautiful. The defense, shorter drives, fewer plays, more rest, more adjustments. Man, that looked really good against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, right? Similarly for the, the Cleveland Browns, except it's kind of going in the opposite direction. Without Deshaun Watson at quarterback, suddenly they can't get to 20. Suddenly their opponents can lean on their run. Right. Suddenly the Cleveland Browns have given up their highest two run totals the last two weeks. I think because the opposing quarterback and offensive play caller know we don't have to play out of our depth. We don't have to reach too deep in our bag to have a chance to win this game. And maybe that's the opportunity ahead of McVay and Stafford on Sunday. See, Jim Schwartz 
the coordinator for the Browns. I love his scheme, but he is dependent on the offense doing their job because you're going to play all out. It's going to be high energy. You're going to be in a wide nine. Favorable pass rushing situations. This is what you dream about as a defensive lineman. Problem is, if you're out there too long, you're going to get worn down, and especially if the team keeps chipping at you with the run game. That's why Denver was so successful. They just kept chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, and sure enough, the dam broke and they couldn't keep up, and they couldn't keep up offensively. So if there is a path to beat the, the Browns, that was it last week. So Kyron Williams was player of the week. Can you do it two weeks in a row? That would be awesome. And, and again, Kyron, I think, represents the whole operation. Yeah. He's a day three running back. He's a special dude. We love him. He's not going to, you know. What's your favorite Kyron Williams run? See? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The one that's perfectly blocked yeah. by his five up front and his tight end in motion and his receiver folding into the blocking surface, and it pops. And it pops. Right. That's great. That's my favorite Kyron I'm talking run. about your – but do you have a highlight, a Kyron Williams highlight run? It's more of a system, right? It's awesome. You're moving the football. You're running effectively, and boom, he's down the field. I think what sums up Kyron and, and what's going to happen with him was what happened in Arizona. He breaks one for 56 and gets caught. Now, if you want to be elite, take that to the house. Then things change. But that was a system of the offense functioning versus a defense that just wasn't. I'll sign up for 56 <laughs> yeah. and, and another snap every, every week of the season. Right. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long. Coming up, it's four down territory. Our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. We'll get the latest on the Browns, who are here in L.A. all week practicing at UCLA between games at Denver and at SoFi Stadium. The Rams are 5-6, and six, a chance to win three in a row and get back to 500. Four down territory. Tori is next, plus a look around the division and our playoff eliminator contest with keys to the game all before we're done tonight on Rams All Access 710 ESPN. Back with you here on Rams All Access. It's Browns and Rams at SoFi Stadium in Week 13 as the crossover between the NFC West and the AFC North continues. It's time for Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponents' territory, and we are lucky to have Jake Trotter with us this week on Rams All Access. He covers the Cleveland Browns for ESPN, and he's out in Southern California with the Browns because they're playing and practicing at UCLA in anticipation of Rams Week. Jake, thanks for some of your time. How's uh, L.A. treating you? It's good. I'm enjoying the sun. I think we have a foot of snow back in Cleveland, so I have no complaints here. All right. That doesn't count as one of our four questions. Uh, You probably know what the leading one is going to be. Do you have any idea, and can you tell us who's most likely to start at quarterback for Cleveland this week? I think it's going to be Joe Flacco, and the Browns are going to start four quarterbacks in a season for, I believe, the third time in franchise history. So they've already obviously started Deshaun Watson, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the rookie who started in Denver last week, and then P.J. Walker, who replaced him. But Kevin Stefanski said this week with ETR on concussion protocol that Flacco is going to be the number two quarterback behind ETR, which essentially means he's going to be the starter on Sunday unless DTR can get out of concussion protocol, which typically it takes about a week, if not more, for that to happen. So I think we're going to see 38-year-old Joe Flacco for the Browns on Sunday against L.A. 
Uh, Jake Trotter, who covers the Browns for ESPN, is with us. It is a shame that we won't get to see DTR in a bit of an L.A. homecoming. Uh, mm-hmm. The Bruin record-setting quarterback seemingly was on a nice track and had a good opportunity in his rookie season. Hope, Hoping he's back to full health sooner rather than later. So, Jake, what, within the confines of this Cleveland offense, what do you think are fair expectations for a 38-year-old coming off the couch? I think he's only won, what, what three of his last 20 games or so? Like, There's a reason why he wasn't employed until here at the end of November. Uh, yeah, it's very fair. You know, the Browns have said, you know, people I've talked to, that he looks good in practice. He looked good in the workout before they signed him, but he has not played since last year when he was with the Jets. He hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in a game since week two of last year when he was playing Cleveland. Uh, and they had a dramatic comeback where they scored like 14 points in the last minute and a half of the game uh, to stun the Browns. So, um, you know, we'll see what he looks like. I think everybody's kind of curious, including people in the organization, what this is going to be. They're going to have to retailer the offense around him. They've been a lot of rollouts, RPO, quarterback run game. That's not going to be what they're going to feature with Flacco. It's going to be a lot of drop back. Um, I think they're going to hammer the ball out of heavy personnel. And so it's going to be an adjustment uh, for everybody, not just Joe Flacco. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what it looks like, but at least he brings – Theoretically, a little bit of stability, veteran leadership, uh, you know, a calm presence back there, which they've needed because they have bounced around with so many different quarterbacks because of the injuries. And speaking of those injuries, Jake Trotter is with us. He covers the Browns and is with us on four-down territory, a weekly trip inside opponent's territory. I know there was concerns at receiver, maybe at edge rusher. What's the latest on the Browns injury report? How many of those question marks do you think we'll see on Sunday? Yeah, I expect Miles Garrett to play. He's not going to be 100%. He was in a sling. His left shoulder was in a sling after the game in Denver. But 85% Miles Garrett is still a really good player. Uh, You know, he was out of the sling, uh, even though he didn't practice yesterday. And I I think they're going to try to let him rest as much as possible. But I think he's going to play. Um, Denzel Ward, their Pro Bowl cornerback, who has been outstanding this year, hasn't practiced again. Uh, he didn't play against Denver with a shoulder injury. He is very iffy, and that would be a big loss, especially with the way that Matthew Stafford is throwing the ball. Um, I guess uh, on the other side of the ball, Mari Cooper, who took a shot to the ribs uh, in the Denver game and had to leave. He, he's looking like he's going to play. He didn't practice yesterday, but I, I talked to him. He, he looks fine, and he's a tough guy anyway. So not, not 100% the Browns, but – you know, if you get Miles Garrett, you get Amari Cooper on the field, that helps. Although, if, if they don't have Denzel Ward, uh, that could be problematic for a team that likes to throw the ball. Jake Trotter is with us covering the Browns for ESPN. Final question here on Four Down Territory, and that is with respect to the run defense. I know the Browns have given up their highest rushing totals in their two most recent games. And I wonder if you can dig into that a bit for us, because as you know, Kyron Williams and the Rams just had their best rushing day of the season in the desert against Arizona. It's it's the one area you can exploit on this defense. Browns are number two in the NFL defensive efficiency. They've been number one for a lot of the year. Uh, Their defensive line can create a lot of pressure. Miles Garrett and company, but uh, they're not the biggest up front. Um, You know, their linebackers are a little banged up as well. And they were the next to last worst rushing defense in the NFL last season. They've improved significantly, but they're like fringy top 10. Whereas pass defense, they're number one. So that's where you can get them, uh, you know, if you can if you can run uh, north and south. Uh, horizontally, you know, they've got a lot of speed and that stuff, but if you can get 
behind your offensive line and move them off the ball. Uh, the Colts, the Broncos, uh, the Ravens at times, the Steelers even, uh, teams that have had success moving the ball, they've been able to run between the tackles. So that could be the key. All right. Thank you for that blueprint, that formula. Looking forward to having you at SoFi Stadium this weekend. Enjoy the rest of your week in Los Angeles. And we appreciate your preview of Browns and Rams here on Four Down Territory. Anytime. All right. Jake Trotter from ESPN. DeMarco Farr will rejoin us momentarily to close out. Rams All Access here on 710 ESPN. All right, welcome back to our final segment of Rams All Access with DeMarco Farr, JB Long. Looking forward to seeing you hopefully in person at SoFi Stadium, Week 13, Browns and Rams, if not right here on these airwaves. Uh, DeMarco, should we go playoff eliminator? You know, I'm looking right now. I have to pick, don't I? Well, we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Here we are approaching the month of December. Uh, six weeks to go. And for those of you who are new to the program or don't remember the rules, DeMarco and I, for a couple of years now, have been choosing teams that we think are going to miss the playoffs. The more of those teams you get, the better chance you have of winning the game. Except, except, except if you pick a team at any point during the season that then makes the postseason Right. There goes your portfolio. You okay. are out. You lose. I have my team. We do yeah. offer a mulligan on this show, on this game. Are you asking for one? No. Is that not where you're yet. headed? Okay. Not yet. But just to illustrate, DeMarco, um, in a great show of bravado, <laughs> picked the Dallas Cowboys right before the Rams went to Arlington. That did not go well. Uh, the Cowboys are, are just about clinched, essentially, I mean, who knew? with the way they're, they're playing. Who knew? Um, but you look at the rest of DeMarco's uh, group. Chicago. Done. Okay. New England, done. Tennessee, done. Chargers, probably done. Uh, Houston is eighth in the ASC. That looks good. Tampa Bay, still alive, but, Falling. you know, I, I think you, you chose your mulligan well. You had to eject Dallas, and you did. Wait till you hear this pick. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, <laughs> I've got Arizona, Carolina, New York, the Giants. Stop me when you hear a team that you think has a, a pulse. Uh, the New York Jets. The Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, the Jets got a pulse. Rodgers is back. <laughs> uh, and then Denver. Denver is surging, but yeah. I am, and I can still hit eject if I need to. But the Broncos are on the road for their next three: Houston, the Chargers, and Detroit. I feel like they're going to come back down to earth, and I'll still feel good about that. Winnable, Denver winnable, pick. not winnable, right? Uh, Detroit's going to bounce back. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I'm sitting pretty is okay. the point. Here in 2023, I think I'm in the, the driver's seat for our playoff eliminator contest. Would you like to make a pick? Oh, you bet your butt. Of course. Come on now. You know me. I, I love see, the way you play this game. If we, see, if we're on the golf course, you're laying up. I'm going for it, big dog. I'm swinging for the fences. Here we go. My pick this week, and this is fun, similar to Dallas, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Cleveland Browns. Once the Rams beat them, they're on a free fall. I don't think Flacco's going to be enough. They're going to get DTR back at some point, but I don't think they're going to be enough. And after this loss, that's going to be it. I'm picking Cleveland. That's my that's my pick, and I'm sticking with it. You know what? You I go. like the pick. I don't yeah. like the vibe because it's throwing me back to Dallas. And that week where it's like, okay, here I thought we had a chance to win this one. But if you're going to pick them in the playoff eliminator contest, am I going to be Wait shaking my head at 5 o'clock on Sunday you're evening? You're not going to blame me for what DeMarco happened to Dallas. jinxed it? No, I'm not. I did not give up a block punt. I did not throw a pick six. That wasn't me. Yeah. I'm taking one more quick look at the NFC playoff picture. I don't know about you, but I think the top five are pretty solidified. And what I mean by that is I don't know the order, but I'm pretty sure that we can safely say that San Fran and Philadelphia playing this week. The Detroit Lions, despite their Thanksgiving loss. I still believe. The Dallas Cowboys. They're there. They're going to be 
whoever doesn't win that East right. is going to be on the road for Wild Card Weekend. And which, then the South, right? Whether it's Cowboys yeah. or Eagles, that seems ridiculous that whoever wins the South is going to host no doubt. a okay. playoff game. But but those are the five. We don't know who that fifth seed is because, you know, Saints and Tampa Bay, they, they still have to sort that out. Um, but what that means is there's two spots available. And right now it looks like it's going to come down to Minnesota, Seattle, Green Bay, and your Los Angeles Rams. Wow. Uh, stretch run. Green Bay, I think, could be a problem. Um, because they got the head-to-head. Yeah, they got the head-to-head. And once Love figured it out, and they figured out how to win with him. And I think they have. Run, run, run. Keep him on the move. Throw when you have to. Play good defense. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be a problem. Minnesota, hard to figure. It's just how do you feel about Dobbs? Boy, I thought yeah. he was – so if you remember a couple of weeks back, I said, hey, you, you got to overtake the Seahawks because I think Minnesota is playing well. They found a quarterback who can cover for Kirk Cousins. They're going to be in good shape. What I didn't see coming is whatever that was – against the Bears on Monday Night Football and the surge of the Green Bay Packers. The Packers beating the Lions in Detroit on Thanksgiving changed everything for me because they have the head-to-head over the Rams and they're now a problem. Of those two playoff spots that I project to be available, I now anticipate the Packers are going to have one, Okay, which means Seattle can't get one and Minnesota can't get one or the Rams are going to be home in January. Wow. Well, what do you think about Seattle's chances to finish strong? I mean, based on what you've seen, the Rams beat them, then they got shellac again and you got Philadelphia coming up plus Dallas I just don't see them making Philadelphia Dallas and San Francisco I don't see that happening I really don't uh, and I and I would anticipate a quarterback switch at some point in the, in the next three weeks wow yeah I mean and not based on play I think based on health I think they're getting to him I think he's going to get rattled again I'm surprised he played after Aaron hurt him so we'll see what happens there so I think there is an opportunity a path but you have to take care of your own business. you got to take care of Cleveland, Cleveland first. Part of me still wouldn't mind San Francisco taking a loss at Philadelphia. Maybe Seattle rises up and beats the 49ers, and the whole division kind of comes back into play. When is that game, San Fran-Philly, coming up? This week? Yes. Okay, so, and it's in Philly? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And McCaffrey's healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Boy, um, I hope... And they've they, had a long week coming off their Thanksgiving week. I hope for an overtime tie. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Just beat each other up. Absolutely. I mean, there's bad blood between those two going back to uh, last year's NFC Championship. I, I read that. Uh, people are popping off, like Philadelphia saying, quit your crying, and San Francisco saying we didn't have our quarterbacks. That's good. Good. Go beat each other up. I love it. Let me instigate a little more. Debo hates you. Go ahead. Yeah. Back to our game to finish here on Rams All Access, a key or two that you think it's going to take to get to 6-6 six and six and continue this winning streak, extend it to three games? I, stay with who you are. You're running the football. You're running it well with Kyron. Uh, you've got the offensive line set the way you like it. Matthew Stafford is only getting healthier, so stay with that. I think you have to score first. I think you have to get ahead, stay ahead, and make them chase you because I don't think they have the offense. And if you can get them to abandon the run game, and go one-dimensional, have to throw, 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 then that's going to open them up for Aaron Donald in the pass rush. I think that's how you win it. So score, get ahead, stay ahead. I think that's my key. I like that because even if you get into an unfavorable down in distance, you can hand it off and protect Matthew Stafford and not expose him to our friend Obo Okoronkwo or Miles Garrett or whoever is coming screaming off of that edge for Jim Schwartz and company. For me, I don't want, I don't want to think about this possibility, but I can walk out of SoFi on Sunday night and be at peace with the Browns beating the Rams. So long as it's the Browns beating the Rams. What I cannot, absolutely cannot stomach 
is potentially losing another game specifically to this division against a lesser quarterback, against a lesser offense, if the Rams beat themselves. Because you know that's what I believe they did in Cincinnati. You know that's what I am convinced they did here against Pittsburgh. Please don't let it happen again against the Cleveland Browns. Go out and play your game. Let it all hang. See what's what. I think the urgency is there. I'm with you. I I, I think you got out all of your – what do you call that? The the lowest grade in the bell curve? You can throw those games out. I think the Rams are ready to play their best football game. Let's hope. That doesn't mean play scared. It doesn't mean play conservative. It just means don't give Cleveland a reason to believe when they seemingly have every reason to disbelieve. No doubt. I got you. I'm right there with you. All right, how exciting to be playing meaningful December football, to have a path to the playoff picture, six games to go, starting this weekend at home at SoFi Stadium against the Browns. For DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long. For Adam Bronstein, our producer, we will see you in Inglewood or right here on the Airwave 710 ESPN.